Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. It's very difficult to remember. You know, it's the same name as the show, but you add a .com on the end. And no dashes, because I've learned the hard way. No one likes dashes in a URL. It's just it's too confusing. Uh, before we get started, a little info for you and listeners. This is the trigger warning. We're going to be talking about messed up stuff, which could involve anything from murder, rape, child abuse. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, dark and macabre things. So if that's not your cup of tea, go listen to a boring podcast. Uh, but if you do like that stuff, listen to us talk about all the fucked up shit. Like that. I like rolling into the curse words in the disclaimer because it's kind of official, you know, halfway through it. I, th- I think we got it out of the way and then I can say <laughs> fucked up shit like that like that coming up we have quite a few guests actually we had a little bit of a hiatus a lot of rl stuff going on and uh steve put out the feelers and we we got a few bites like a lot all of a sudden we had nothing planned and then it's like bam you're good till august (laughs) which is good it's a good thing of course four of them Mm -hmm. all from the slumber party massacre podcast so thank you to them yes and thank you Lacey and rebecca for uh, hooking us up with them including what including our current guest. Yes. Uh, So coming up, we're going to be speaking to uh, director Eduardo Sanchez, authors Danger Slater, Autumn Christian, and Sarah Langan, podcasters from the Slumber Party Party Massacre podcast. I can talk today. (laughs) Carly Sunfelt, Nikki Williams, and Heather Powell. And another member of that podcast who we have with us today is Miss Lacey Liu. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca spoke very highly of you guys. <laughs> oh, she was a great guest. She was a lot of fun. She was. Good fun. Did you talk about Dick's pre-show with her? Oh, no, we God. did not. <laughs> Missed out on that opportunity. Oh. Well, we'll have to do another episode. <laughs> All about <Yeah>. Dick's. <laughs> Bring her back just to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'd love that. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> in this interview, we'll be asking three sets of questions covering your childhood, teenage years, and adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like. The idea being that if we interview enough people, we might start seeing some interesting common themes. Also might find some unexpected ones, and that could be cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming at the questions from multiple angles like this sometimes help, helps uh, helps us remember things that we had forgotten. But that said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there's anything you, you don't want to answer, just say, I'll pass on that one and we'll move on. Well, I'm not but a person. Starting with child. <laughs> <laughs> I have one, but I'm not one. <laughs> right. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) Disclaimers and Uh, such. Yeah, right. So starting with childhood, what are some of your earliest memories of scary things? Like scary, scary things or like scary movies? Uh, We'll get to both, but you can start with movies if you want. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's like ever a point in time to where like I didn't watch horror movies. I went and seen Child's Play 3 in the theater when I was three. So oh, I'm myself there. Um, yeah, I just Wait, watched was Child's it. Play 3 the one with the military school or yes. the one with the factory? The factory was two, school. right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is the one where they switched out Alex Vincent because he obviously wouldn't have been old enough to play, go to military yeah. school. Uh, but yeah, I love um, Child's Play 3. I actually watched it last night. So, um, so that's fun. Yeah. And I just remember watching like all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, the Halloweens. Um, I probably didn't understand like half of what was going on when I was a kid. I just knew that like, I liked watching horror movies. Like they had that comedic element to it a lot of the Mm -hmm. times. And I don't know, just watching people get slashed was fucking fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool. 
Yeah. And then as far as scary things, uh, my grandma's house was haunted. Okay. Nothing ever happened to me though, but like everybody like always tells the stories and I don't know. Yeah. It was haunted. Um, a lot of creepy stuff happened there. We talking like a uh, poltergeist type stuff, like furniture moving oh, on its own oh, or. Oh yeah. Like they would hear like, so my uncle, one of the stories that they tell is my uncle uh, would play um, poker um, with his buddies, like down in the basement, and my mom and people were upstairs, and all of a sudden they just heard like all like nobody was downstairs. They just heard like this big like clink, like a bunch of clinks, and they come down, mm. and the table had been like flipped over, and like poker chips were like everywhere. Like somebody would have <laughs> had to like thrown it, you know, and like there's no entrance into the basement, you know. So, and then another time they heard a door slam downstairs in the basement and um, they went down and they were trying to open the door and they couldn't open the door. So they ended up having to climb through like a window. What had happened was all the furniture was pushed up against the door. That's why they couldn't get it open. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, my mom, I guess when she was a teenager had like a bunch of like pop cans and stuff. And like the ghost was like always cleaning stuff. And she's like, I wish it would clean my room. And so she like, came <laughs> home one day and all of her pop cans were put into like a pyramid. Yeah. So, I like, wish the ghost <laughs> would do my laundry. Like, like just keep it going. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's like things like that. Yeah. Like I never experienced anything like my sister did. Like, I'm sure she'll talk about it when she's on because uh, Nikki is actually my sister my real okay. sister oh, so okay. yeah she'll probably talk a little bit about grandma's house being haunted cool uh so you mentioned movies did was there anything else like uh cartoons or books or anything like that or is it just mainly movies for you well like i loved um tales from the crypt um i watched mm-hmm. that like every saturday i loved the cartoon as well i think mm-hmm. it's still on Tubi for those um if you haven't checked that out definitely should because it's fun as far as books i was reading chapter books at the age of three so i was like into like all the goosebumps um rl stein uh, christopher pike was my favorite though i think like rl stein kind of overshadows him but i think christopher pike had a better setup of books um they're not as uh cheesy as you know the fear street even though i like i love fear street but christopher pike just got the element of horror better in my opinion like it's not as camp mm-hmm. okay. yeah all right you mentioned that you saw child's play three at three yes um do you happen to remember anything before that or is that the first thing that you remember um i remember seeing um nightmare four the dream, dream master. warriors dream, dream master, master. Okay. yep and um i mean part five i remember like the motor like i just remember like seeing like bits of it like when i was a kid i remember seeing the motorcycle scene dan in part five and it like haunted me <laughs> like i don't know that's like mm-hmm. one of the creepiest like that movie's not good but uh, I think that's one of the creepiest deaths in like the entire franchise, probably just because it like freaked me out as a kid. Also, uh, Stephen King's It, uh, the miniseries, mm-hmm. I was so afraid to like go into the shower because when he pops up, when he's in the shower with Eddie and he just like comes through the drain, like I was so afraid of the freaking drain. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about horror, but like they want to like scare you in your places of comfort. Like, why is Freddy coming when you're trying to take a bath? You have Pennywise mm-hmm. popping up out of the shower drain. Like, I was traumatized. <laughs> I think you're uh, definitely onto something there. Yeah, it's probably something that horror writers and, and producers do intentionally. Like, hmm, 
So what's a safe place and how can I make that not safe? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's creepy. Like, I did not want to take a bath or a shower, but I did. And he was like, but I would like sit at the, like the edge. So like I was nowhere near <laughs> that. Fucking away from drain. the drain as possible. Like, yes. You. Like, bye drain. <laughs> <laughs> At least give you a running chance. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned this motor motorcycle scene in Nightmare Five. What about it? What scared you? I don't like. Well, I still have this day. I've never ridden on a motorcycle. I've had like people ask, like, "Hey, let me take you for a ride." I'm like, "Fuck you." Um, <laughs> like I'm not letting the mechanicals of the freaking um, motorcycle come into my veins and like rip my face off. Like, yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, like, I refresh my memory on this one, and I'm um, looking at the pictures now. I remember this shit, and it's. I'd say it's uh, <laughs> probably a body horror level version of upsetting, or or why it's so influential because yeah like the parts and the wires of the bike go into him into his arms into his face it's it's like that body horror violation level thing yeah like creep me out i don't know and like well because he was also a returning character right so Mm -hmm. and not only on top of that but he gets alice pregnant and so he was going to be a dad and i'm like hey alice you want to make a baby i don't know Like, like, (laughs) like uh but like he's a returning character so i think I have like such compassion for like when returning characters come back and then they just kill them off. Like it breaks my fucking heart. Like I I am bald at scream two when they killed off Randy in the theater. Any particular reason why you connect with returning characters? Like, I just feel like I'm invested in them, you know, like they're returning characters. Yeah. They feel like friends. Like especially if it's a movie that like I love and I obviously love scream so much. Um, it's my favorite movie of all time, not only horror, but so yeah, like it and Randy, he felt like, I don't know, relatable. And I mean, he knew all the movies and that's kind of like how I felt when I was watching. Mm. I just remember like bawling in the theater and there was, like, a bunch of high school, <laughs> there was a bunch of high school kids in the, um, in the seat in front of me, we went opening night and I'm like bawling. I was like, this is too graphic. It's so brutal. And they're like, they like just turned back and we started cracking up laughing at me. I was like 10. So, <laughs> but I mean, I'd been, I don't know. Like it, I felt like somebody I knew was dying and it was dramatic and sad. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris was like, well, cause you know, you get attached and that, but the exact reason that I asked is like you said, there were other kids turning around looking at you and they weren't offended by it or bothered by it. So yeah. Clearly there was something there for you that wasn't there for them. Yeah, I think they were just there to like watch a slash and hack and I was like completely invested in, you know, like not only Sydney's story, but Randy's, Gail's, you know, like it was I, I loved like continuity. Like I think that's what I love so much about the scream is like it's all just one story, you know. Yeah. Um, but like you can intertwine other stories and that's kind of where we're getting into now with, you know, 2022 and then the upcoming sixth film. But I mean, it's all mm-hmm. one cohesive story and no other franchise has done that. You know, it's come up in other conversations we've had before too, about if you're not invested in a character or you're not invested in some element of the movie, then typically it's not only not only not going to be scary for you, but no emotion, you know, joy or anger or any of the, right. the whole point of the emotion comes from the fact that you were somehow invested in something. Yeah. I so, mean, if you're not yeah. watching something that you love, like, I just don't see like the point. I don't know. Like, I mean, I love horror, but I don't love every horror movie, obviously. Like I'm like, it, my level of investment into that franchise though, like I will die on that hill. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it just speaks to me. Like it feels authentic. I love the writing. I love the whodunit aspect. I think we need more slasher whodunits. I 
I am here for it. I want more of them. There's just something about the, like the psychological aspect of who's behind the mask that I don't know. It's like, I love like my brain, like thinking while I'm watching. Okay. Uh, the reason I had asked whether or not there was something that you remember before child's play is because typically when talking to somebody who's been introduced to horror at such a young age, not every, some people, but not everybody has a defining line where before this line, the movies scared them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, afterwards it was enjoyment. And I was wondering whether or not they were always enjoyment for you, or was there like this dividing line where they were actually scary up until a certain point? I don't know if I've ever been like scared, scared. I think the stranger scared me. Um, but like as a child, no, I, I, th- I think it was just pure enjoyment. Like I don't remember a time where I never not enjoyed it. And I think a lot of the thing is like you do, you are scared when you're little. And I think you're always just like chasing that high for the rest of your life to mm-hmm. feel like what you felt when you were a kid watching these movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you had watched them from a very early age. So I wanted to ask about that too. Like, were they just introduced to you in a safe setting, like watching movies, chilling out with the family and everybody around you is safe people like family or friends. And so they're laughing at it. So, you know, to laugh at it. Like it sounds like from the very get go, you just, you had a positive attitude about it. So there's never really any negative aspect of, Oh my God, this is scary. It's, it's kind of like in a safe contained, this is scary, but still fun space. Yeah. Like I, I think, you know, I never really thought about that, but yeah, like my whole family is like movie lovers. And I remember, I don't know, like there was just something that like made me happy about watching it. (laughs) Like I was surrounded by other people that enjoyed it as well. Like with my family, I remember Mm -hmm. like, for example, so like ghost, um, that's not a horror movie. And I remember being so young and watching Ghost and like crying, you know, and I remember like my mom and my grandma kind of were making fun of me for it. And I was just like, am I not supposed to be crying? Am I not supposed to be doing this? But like when we watch other movies and stuff, like, I mean, obviously like I, that was really young. That was like, that came out in 90. So it probably was around 91. So I was like three or four when this happened, you know, and I, I remember thinking like, well, I'm obviously not supposed to be crying. So I'm just supposed to be like having a good time. Right. So mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ghost is one of my favorite movies, by the way, but, um, yeah, it was more enjoyable to watch other movies with them than it was like, say dramas or tragedies, you know, and like, yeah. So I think maybe you're onto something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So you don't remember a time when you were scared by them? Well, actually I wanted to question that because you had said the, the scene with the nightmare uh, or, um, nightmare five with the motorcycle scene. So did you not feel scared by that? What would you say your emotion was then? Um, I would say... Like it, it's freaky. Like, I, it, does that make sense? Like, it's freaky. Like, I'm I'm seeing something that I'd never Disturbed. seen before. Yeah. Like, I'm just like ah. But like, I wouldn't say that. Like, I was scared. I don't know. It like creeped me out. Okay. Like, is is there a difference between being creeped out and scared? Yeah. Being disturbed. I guess. Yeah. Um. Maybe, I mean, maybe the level of. My dreams are more scary than horror movies. So like, but it's probably be, like if I fall asleep watching certain horror movies and I think that was one of them, I've had dreams about Freddy Krueger killing me. So like, um, 
Um, so maybe that's like this. I think that's what I take away from like being scared with the movies is like, I wasn't scared like watching, but like you have dreams and it's terrifying to like actually, cause I know I'm not actually in that situation. And I think I always knew that mm-hmm. like, it's just right. a movie, but when I'm but when having them visit, visiting me in my dreams, like, and you put yourself into no, that. It's real. Yes. And it's creepy and scary. And like, I just remember like Freddy Krueger popped up. Like I was probably like six or seven when I had this dream and like in my dream, we were having like a big 4th of July party and like Freddy Krueger just like popped up and like he's like who wants to roast a weenie (laughs) (laughs) Freddy was always good with the puns yes like that literally (laughs) happened in my dream and like then he's just like chasing me around with like hot dogs on his fingers (laughs) it's so fucking stupid now that I'm thinking about it but I was scared when I was a kid Uh, I was like, I've ever told that story. Coming to get you. He wants to rest away. Oh, God. So you mentioned your whole whole family loves movies, but do they specifically love horror? Or is there anybody in the family that specifically loves horror? Or is it just that they love movies in general? Uh, My whole family, we we all love movies, like every genre. Um, Certain ones speak more to others, but we... Uh, my grandparents, they were like, oh, God, um, they would, they would take VHS tapes when they would rent them and then they would tape them onto the DVD. So they had like, yeah, they plagiarized or pirated or whatever it's called, um, piracy. Um, but yeah, I mean, VHS tapes don't exist anymore. And this, you know, so I think it's OK. It's safe to talk about this now. Um Great. But they had like thousands of movies like because you could tape like three movies on one VHS, right? A blank VHS tape. So they had over thousands and like their wall was just covered with like VHS tapes and they had them labeled and numbered. And so it was just really cool because when I'd go to my grandma's, I could just go in and um, like scour it like you could find any and they were all numbered. So it was basically by the year that they had came out. So. I mean, we don't have, like, you couldn't, there wasn't a way to, like, alphabetize them, you know, because there's three different movies on each tape. So, but it was just, I just remember, like, for hours, it was basically a Netflix scroll, you know, like, just looking through, and it it was just a magical time for me. And, um, I mean, I discovered some of my favorite movies because we would have, like, family movie nights, and everybody would get to pick a movie, and um, I don't know, I just remember, like, my uncle picked The Warriors one year. So I probably would have never seen that had we not had some of these movie nights, you know, with these movies that were picked. Um, they would get mad at me because I would pick two of the same movies every time. And the movie that, like, I always chose was Heathers and Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> so, um, and Drop then Dead Fred is a fucking classic. Thank also you. Thank you. Oh. And then when I got older, obviously, I kept picking Scream. But, like, we draw out numbers. Mm. And everybody would hope that mine would get picked last. <laughs> so, we're like, we're not watching this again, lazy. So. Come on. Have, can you really hear Heather, my love, there's a new sheriff in town enough times ever? No. Uh, no, you can Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Ah. Like, right? <laughs> Classics. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so everybody loved movies, but but there was nobody that specifically loved horror, just you? Oh, no, like my sister, my mom, my grandma, like everybody loved it. Like most of our theme movie nights were horror movie nights. Oh, okay. Cool. Did any of these movies um, or books introduce any uh, fears that you hadn't had before? Okay, 
I guess I lied. I have been scared by a movie. Um, um, yeah, my mom showed me this when I was probably like eight or nine. I don't know why she would show it to me because <laughs> it, it's the scariest movie of all time. It's I, I mentioned this on like every podcast that I've ever been on, but um, it's the only movie I think that has like truly like scared the shit out of me, um, which that would be The Entity. Hmm. Have you guys seen it? I don't think I have. I know I've heard of this one. It's um, it's older. Yeah, it's like 83, I want to say. 82, apparently. 82, okay. I recognize the cover. Yeah, it's Barbara Hershey. It's um, basically, and it's based on a true story, too. So um, I don't know how much is true, but in this movie, uh, Barbara Hershey, she's a single mom, and... Um, this entity, this ghost, it starts attacking her and you can't see it. And it ends up like actually raping her. And, um, I don't know, like, I think there's just something so scary. And so, and like, cause I'd heard all these stories about my grandma's house being haunted too. So like the things that scare me are the things you can't see. And to be raped by a ghost is probably the most terrifying thing that, I don't know. Like I have sleep paralysis. So, um, which if you guys have never had, it's, um, you're like awake or you're like asleep, but awake at the same time, but you can't like move or scream and it feels like you're weighted down. So like, I, I don't know. It just really, really fucked with me. I've had that. I know uh, Chris has said he wishes he has had. No, (laughs) no, you do not. No. Yeah, it came up on one of our uh, earliest podcasts. I'm just like, I am jealous, you know, because I don't know what it's like. And yeah, our guest was like, no, you're not. You don't want to know. No, you don't. No, it's it's literally terrifying. Like I probably have, I used to have them more frequent. It seems like when I take naps during the day is when I have it the most, ironically. But um, so I tend not to take naps anymore. (laughs) But um, Mm. uh, yeah, I have an episode probably three times a year. Oh. When I, I used to get it a lot when I was uh, in my early twenties, haven't had it since then. And at least for me, I think it was related to whatever position I was sleeping in, um, maybe affecting my blood flow somehow, but that's the only thing I can think of. Um, but I could definitely see how that could scare you. Um, and how that could tie in with being afraid of things you can't see. Which also ties in with the ghosts, right? And uh, this movie. So, what I'm interested in at this particular moment is you thought of that when I asked if there was anything that had uh, triggered any fears, like lasting fears for you. So, has that affected you in some way? That like, is there a, a lingering fear that sticks with you? Um, I mean, like I've never like had that happen to me, but well, um, obviously no. You know, and, and it's also the score in that too. It's just very menacing. Um. You know, actually, um, I watched Poltergeist um, for the first time in a long time last year, um, and I watched it, like, late at night by myself with the lights shut off. And, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm fucked because I was doing it for, for a podcast. Pod- I can't talk either. A podcast <laughs> prep. And um, so I was like, I've seen this, like, a bunch when I was a kid. This movie is not scary. It's, like, PG-13. Or, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's it doesn't have – Yeah, it's a safe movie. But ironically – Watching it this time as a 33-year-old woman, I'm watching it by myself and, like, it's dark and, like, the blue hues from, like, the TV and, like, I felt like I was going to get sucked in. And, mm-hmm. um, no, there's a scene that, um, and it's kind of, like, there's a lot of parallels to that movie in Nightmare on Elm Street. 
which Nightmare on Elm Street actually came out after that. So, um, but so obviously like, like dreams and things like that are something that's always like messed with me, but Poltergeist, this one, I didn't think, but I'm going back to the entity right now because there's a scene where the mom in this, the, the entity in the Poltergeist, it like smacks her and throws her on the bed and it's like pushing up her, you know, that uh, shirt with the numbers on it. Right. And like it's very reminiscent of the entity and like i like haven't watched that in so long because it messes with mm. me but i would like to actually like dive into it and talk about it like in depth on a podcast at some point because obviously i'm traumatized by it but it definitely <laughs> like took me back to that and that night i had sleep paralysis after watching poltergeist so clearly there's oh, some okay. un- so clearly there's some underlying issues here <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you're right, though. I always kind of caught that, too, when watching Poltergeist, like especially when rewatching it as an adult, and you know, about such things like this ghost doesn't seem like it wants to necessarily just hurt this woman. That's a little fucked right. up. Um, did you participate in Halloween when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, yes. Favorite costume? Oh, man. Um, I went as Minnie Mouse a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a scary costume. Right. Um, no, did you guys tell jokes for Halloween? Did they make you tell jokes? Like, no. To get your yeah, we no, we always just like, did trick or treat. That's huh. That must be an Iowa thing. Um, so we would have to. We would always come up with like jokes to tell, and um, I always come up with jokes to tell, and you'd have to tell a joke in order to get your candy from the house that you're at. So they're like, you got a joke, and so yeah. So my joke was, I don't know why my family thought it was funny for me to say, but they're like. Have you heard about Mary? And they'd be like, no. I'd be like, Mary had a lamb and the doctor fainted. How fucking stupid is that? <laughs> like, but then like there was other gave birth to a lamb. Yes. Is that the joke? Is that... oh, okay. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. Okay. I, I don't know why my family <laughs> thought it was funny for me to say. So, um, but then there was other jokes like, um, why do the people go to the graveyard? because they were dying to get in or something like that. Like there was like, horror yuck, things yuck. Too, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like there's like, we have like, like on video, like VHS family home videos of us, like going trick or treating. Um, I texted and, Chris a good one the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what it was, Chris? Not off the top of my head. No. Something along the lines of why do vampires like to bite necks? Because they're a necromancer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I expunged that from my memories because that joke was so bad. <laughs> I don't blame you. Mm. No, I, I do remember hearing that that was a part of Halloween in some places, but no, I, I also didn't have to do that when I was a kid. Thank God. No, I'm jealous. Um, That's, that that oh, would have been more fun than just trick or treat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so least favorite costume? Okay, so we were poor one year, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, my mom was like working. Just, just one. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, no. Seriously, it was a one year. My parents got divorced, and then yes. my yeah. So it was a, that was a rough year. So we couldn't afford a costume this year, and okay. um, so my uncle was going to take us out trick or treating, and um, I had to like make my own costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just um, I was like going through like my grandma's stuff, and I found like this uh blue like silk robe and i found a um i had a play wand so i just like made my cheeks like really rosy and threw my hair up in a bun and said i was cinderella's fairy godmother no 
Okay. Yeah, that kind of works. That's all she has. Yeah. And I just kept, well, and it snowed really bad that year too. So, but the robe was like so long, right? Like, I mean, I'm a little Mm. kid and the the robe is like way past my legs. And I just remember like, I was so excited running up to this big ass house and (laughs) it like snowed and like, it was really snowy. And, um, I tripped over the rope and like face plummeted into the snow. (laughs) That will definitely make that, uh, an unfavored costume. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) I'm just picturing like the child that's like all happy about something and then they get something they're not expected. And it's a 180 degree turn Mm -hmm. to crying. Oh, I straight up, "Ah!" I straight up biffed it. Like, I think I like, like, yeah. And the snow was like hard too. Mm-hmm. So like that hurt. <laughs> what was it that you liked about Halloween? Was it the act of dressing up or, I mean, obviously getting candy, but was there anything else in particular that you liked about Halloween? Oh, I love Halloween. Like, uh, like October is my like month. Like I celebrate starting in September actually now. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, making up for lost time. Um, hey, now, if Crestman can start in like November 1st, Halloween can start in September. Right. Yeah, like I like to do like sixty days of uh, Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah. For the record, I'm against Christmas starting in November. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just like it. It's it's like a feeling, like and like the leaves are changing colors, and I don't know, like fall's cool. Um, yeah. But like AMC would always be playing Halloween movies or scary movies, and. Um, you know, there was just always horror movies on and that's a huge reason why I love Halloween is because I get to just binge horror movies. But I mean, I do that anyways, but um, <laughs> now it's somewhat acceptable. And I think it's cool that, you know, other people who, you know, like some people save it for just that time of year. And um, I think it's cool when you see those people like on social media now, um, they're, they get more, they get very engaged like people that don't normally engage with my post, like they'll get way more engaged during Halloween. And I think it's cool. See, there's a good way of looking at it. We had a previous guest that said they, uh, they actually didn't like Halloween because it was Rebecca. As a matter of what, fact, was that Rebecca? Yeah. Yeah. She's yes. like, everyone's a poser <laughs> and they only dress up and do Halloweeny stuff this time of year. And, and they suck for that. But that's a good way of spinning. That is, yeah, that happens, but it's good that these people are getting exposure to Halloween when they wouldn't usually. So, you know. Yeah, like they're getting in the spirit. Not, I mean, not like, everybody is this way, but there are a lot of people who are very, uh, the, the word is compartmentalized. You know, they they have different things, different boxes that they put yes. things into. And it's now is the time for this. Okay, now I'm putting that away. Now is the time for this. Okay, now I'm putting Very that away. by the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there are other people who are just like, no, I'm just like this and that's it. See, I couldn't watch Christmas movies twenty four seven, but I but I do I I do that in December. Like I go hard for Christmas movies in December because I I just like to embody. So I understand. So maybe I'm a poser when it comes to that, but I love Christmas too. (laughs) But like you know, because I'm not going to watch those years round. But I have that my time of the year where I do do that. Do do. I watch Christmas horror movies in December, and yes, you said do do. Well, (laughs) yes. (laughs) There's so many Christmas Uh, horror movies. I mean, Garbage Day. Garbage day. <laughs> we just covered those on Slumber Party last Christmas, actually. So good. <laughs> so moving into teenage years, what were like if we were to pick the top three things that come off the top of your head for teenage years, what would be the most impactful things there? Oh, um, I gotta work in a haunted house. Cool. Um, which helped me letter and theater. Um, so that was cool. Um, I 
got to dress up as um, a vampire bride and hide in a coffin. And when people come, I would put my arm out and freak them out. Um, Like, so scaring other people, that was cool. Like, I'm like literally just like putting my arm out. It's like scaring the living daylights (laughs) of people. And I'm just like, you pussies. (laughs) (laughs) But like that gave me joy. So um, Mm -hmm. that's got to be a big moment. Um, let's see here. Um, I remember like I would get to leave school. Um, like I would leave high school early, um, to go see a matinee of movies with my grandparents. <laughs> like I just, nice. I would just dip out and go see matin horror movie matinees. I remember going to see Hostel with them. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know that that's a highlight reel for sure. Um, like, and there's just something like, you're not supposed to be doing something and like your family like doesn't care either like oh no you need to stay in school but here my family is like pulling me out to go see horror movie matinees so um that is a little strange we can come back to that what's next (laughs) um oh man um um well i remember like getting like stoned in this kid's attic, like <laughs> in high school. And uh, they're like, Lacey, you, you like horror movies. So bring some over that you don't think we've seen. So I remember like, yeah. so I remember like uh, we got high <laughs> and I brought over sleepaway camp. <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally the funnest watch ever. Like I'd watched it. Like I'd seen that movie since I was a kid, but um, the, I, so that's one of the first movies I always show to people because that ending is so epic. And oh, yeah. they, they hadn't seen it. And it was like literally like we were just laughing, having a blast. And then when that moment freaking happened, they're like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like they're like, am I just too stoned? Yeah, like like it, like it, it was a moment. And um, yeah, so I, I love I love showing people movies that they haven't seen that I love and then get to get like genuine, authentic reactions. Uh, let's see. Okay. So worked on the haunted house, got to enjoy scaring people. All right. So going back to the, um, leaving school early to go watch horror movies. Yeah. What that's, that's a little strange. Um, why is that strange? Not entirely strange. This is adolescent, you know, it's teenage years. Well, I mean, I was like 17. I'm not talking about the age thing. I mean, I can't remember my family ever taking me out of school to go do anything much less that well they didn't actually take me out of school i should probably preface with that but they're like hey we're going to go see this movie at you know one o'clock if you want to go then like figure it out <laughs> so, yeah it's just it's kind of implied like we're gonna go yeah. see a movie that happens to happen when you're supposed to be in school if you should so happen to show up not gonna say anything just you know there's <laughs> yeah, a movie that's exactly yes that's ex- <laughs> like so i mean like the day was almost over i mean school got out at three and like yeah. it was like PE that I missed, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. You're not missing anything important. It's it's like skipping homeroom if it's your first uh, or, or Period, um, what yeah. Is it? yeah, yeah. I just think it's funny that you went to see uh, Hostel with your grandparents. Like, did they know what it was when they were going into it, or were they like, "Holy shit, what was what? We weren't ready for this." No, like I'm telling you, my family loves horror movies. Um, okay. You know, so your yeah, like we we would go see every horror movie together, and you know, like. Um, and if you weren't there, like you felt so fucking left out because they're all talking about it. And like, right. you know, um, it, it, it was a special time, you know, like talking films with my family. I think that's probably why 
ended up podcasting later in life, you know, and writing reviews on movies. Cause I don't know, like that, that's like the fondest memories that I have with them. All right. So aside from, um, family, did you have any friends that were also fans of horror? Not to the level that I was, um, like not I had, anyway. uh, yeah, not, not, um, not until Facebook, honestly. Um, I mean, I had friends, like they were always like, Hey, Lacey, bring the movie to the slumber party. You got all the good, scary ones. Right. Like it was that mm-hmm. kind of, like I was that friend. But like yep. I, it, it felt like I mean I let, I enjoy doing that I enjoy showing movies and seeing like the reactions as I said like that's that's always something that's going to be instilled in me. And mm-hmm. you were scary spice. No, <laughs> actually, actually, I went as a Spice Girl for Halloween uh, in the seventh grade. I was Baby Spice. Okay. Well, you know you got to be different than who you are normally are. Yeah, exactly. Well, the whole point of a costume. Well, I still don't think I'm scary spice. <laughs> no like th- that's like the worst thing you could ever say to a girl i'm sorry <laughs> like nobody wanted to fucking be scary spice nobody like that's like that that's that's evil <laughs> like, like that's evil everybody wanted to either be that's kind of why i picked it because you're the one with all the scary movies no i get it but like nobody wanted to be scary spice <laughs> like, and I don't even think I was her though. Like I like there were so many facets of me. Like I I know like horror. Like I said, is a lifestyle, and it's definitely mine. But like growing up, there wasn't aside from like my family, there wasn't like that person or the friends that like be like, oh my god, let me go in depth about this movie and why it's so fucking awesome. Nobody wants to hear me talk about that, like because they're not interested in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, yeah, it's like it, it was like a sideshow act going to a slumber party and showing a movie that like. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about, but like just in that moment, like so that was like a highlight reel, just because that that was the best. That was my favorite part of the slumber party, and then like playing the games that were like spooky, you know, and doing like the spooky things. But aside from that, I love how like that's why I love like that's why I did the slumber party massacre, is because there's so many horror elements in a slumber party that most people probably didn't know unless you attended one. And so I always I'm, thought it was just like- you know pillow fights and and um, I'll stop there. Well, our, we have we have a segment called Pillow Fight. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Ouija board. Yeah, yeah. Ouija awesome. board. Um, you Stiff know, Lies of Feather, Mister Sandman, Cat Scratch. Um, Did any of the the media you took in in your teenage years introduce any fears that you hadn't had before? No, I think that was all like early on. You know, I don't think anything. I think everything. By the time I was a teenager, nothing could have scared me at that point. You know, like I'd seen it all by that time. You know, um, I would say um, The Strangers came out when I was 20. And um, that was a little different to me um, because Mm -hmm. that, that, that could actually fucking happen. You know, Um, and I I don't think I had watched like a lot of that type of stuff. Like it always been like stuff like. Well, I mean, I guess scream could technically happen, but like, I wouldn't be stupid enough to let it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think, you know, so I don't know the strangers, it, it spooked me um, at 20. Um, I would say, you know, I was coming out of being a teenager then. So that would be probably the closest thing that I could say um, that was semi new. Uh, let's see. Okay. So I know about the sleep paralysis thing, but other than that, did you have any, uh, recurring dreams in your teenage years? 
I used to like, it's not a horror dream if that's okay. <laughs> um, sure. I used to have a dream where I was like getting married and by like, um, when I get like, but I never knew who I was marrying. So like I would get to the end of the altar and then I'd wake up. So like, I never knew who I was marrying. Weird. I mean, that sounds like a fear. Uh, well, I had a terrible marriage, so yeah, it makes sense. Um, I went through a pretty bad divorce. So. Okay, more dream foreshadowing then. I'm telling you, my dreams are like... Have you had any dreams about Florida sinking into the ocean? I have just, not. Uh, just asking for a friend. I have not. <laughs> okay, it's going to happen anyway. We're doing great. <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, right. So adult years, uh, you've mentioned the strangers. Um, anything else jump out to you as uh, you know impactful in your adult years? Um, I I think I started to appreciate like just cinema as a whole more as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, like the technical aspects, like just the appreciation for storytelling. Yeah. And um, I remember watching The Mist on my twenty first birthday. Oh, wow. And um, like the story is obviously the ending is way different than the story. Right. Yeah. So I just remember like that ending. I don't think my jaw has ever been so far. On the floor. <laughs> right. I like, was like, they just fucking went there. Oh my God, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, right. like you watch it as an adult. And it's not that disturbing because you've watched so many other horror movies that, that hold their punches. And then you just see that and you're like, holy shit. They went there. Yeah. And, it's, and credits. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you could have just waited five fucking minutes. Like, nope. Nope. Gotta, kill them all. Oh, gotta do it. Man. Like, it was gut wrenching. But yeah. like, uh, that was that. Like, but that's why I love movies. You know, mm-hmm. like for those little moments, they they're far and few between. Yeah. Um, but when they happen, man, mm-hmm. it's such a high. Yeah. What was gut wrenching about it? Like, I don't know. Like, it, it maybe because like he thought it was best to you know, kill his son and save him from this world. And I don't know, like, that's like the saddest part of it. Like, like, I don't know how anybody could just shoot their kid, like, period. Like, I would rather have the creatures fucking take me than to have to do that myself. So like, I don't, it was just that moment, like, it's heartbreaking. It's like, I mean, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but I don't think that I would ever pull the trigger if I was to have a child ever. Like, I would shoot me and then let my kid figure it the fuck out. Like, I don't oh, know. Which almost sounds worse. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. You know, like, if uh, the options are either quick well, and painless. Well, not painless, but, you know. Well, yeah. hey, five minutes later, the military showed up, so he would have been just fine. So I would be I would be the, the hero. You would be correct. You're right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't know that, though. <laughs> well, no, but I would. I would assume that there might be hope. Well, if there might be hope, then why would you need to kill yourself? Well, I mean, well, it's well, he's probably gonna end up killing himself now, anyways, because he just killed his fucking kid and he didn't need to. So, yeah. like, that's you know, like, but I don't know. It was just, it was just that moment, and like, like it feels so hopeless, and then there's all this hope after the, you know, it's just, mm. it's gut wrenching. Yeah, I think, I think what I was getting out of it, it would be loss. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, I think also jumping ahead, like jumping, jumping the gun, no pun intended. Literally. Regret. You know, um, like making decisions when, I don't know, you don't necessarily need to. 
Like yeah, not, they were great. Yeah, like I mean, I like I don't even know how it like came to that. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, any others that jump out to you as being impactful in your adult years? Uh, paranormal activity. Okay. Um, yeah, that, because it's obviously similar with the theme of what sees you or what you can't see scares you. Mm-hmm. And so that movie triggered my sleep paralysis as well. And, um, and then I got like really pissed when it came to like part three, because yeah. they, over explain it and to me like not every fucking movie needs exposition leave it ambiguous like well i mean it became about witches and cults and shit and like that's not ghosts (laughs) you know like i'm i don't know like fucking toby um i don't know like it was just so much scarier when it was just the, the the this presence that was haunting this house and you didn't know why well particularly with it being something that you can't see I'm guessing there's some sort of lack of control aspect there that's scary to you. I mean, you can't protect yourself from something you can't see. Or I guess you could if you could hear it or something like that or you know, smell it. But the lack of the visual sense, I mean, that's a very big, important thing for anybody who can see. Um, obviously, if you're deaf or something like that, there are other senses that compensate. But you know, for somebody who, who does have eyes, that that's a big thing. Yeah, you know what? You're 100%. I am one of those people that has to be in control of everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I can't control what I can't see, right? <laughs> so that is scary to me. Uh, possibly off topic, but do you have any idea why control is such a big thing for you? I was on my own a lot. Um even though, like, I talk about, like, this family dynamic of watching movies, I mean, that was pretty much, like, the only time that, like, I really hung out with my family. Um, like, my mom and my sister were, like, really bonded together. But, like, I would ask my sister to, like, play a game and she'd tell me no. So, like, I would just go and, like, play, like, Uno by myself, like, literally, or, like, Sorry or whatever. Like, I'd play games by myself. So, like, I just learned how to get, like, really good at games and, like, so when she would play with me, I'd just beat her ass. Um, okay. <laughs> like, well, that's what you get for not wanting to play with me. Um, <laughs> so she would get pissed. So that's probably why she never wanted to play anymore. Um, <laughs> but no, like, so I was by myself a lot. Um, my mom was, um, she was a really big drinker. And my parents divorced at an early age. And, um, you know, then my mom met my stepdad. And they just kind of, like, hung out together a lot. You know, and my sister, like, we were far enough, like, we're three and a half years apart. So, I mean, that's a pretty big age difference growing up. Like I'm still in junior high and she's in high school. So she wasn't around a whole lot, like, you know, and I was always grounded because I ran my mouth. Um, <laughs> can you tell? Um, uh, I can relate to almost everything you said so far. Sister old, yeah. older than me, three and a half years, uh, early divorce and always getting in trouble for running my mouth. Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, so like I was grounded, so I'd be at home alone by myself a lot. And so like, I feel like I kind of just took care of myself. So like, I don't feel like I ever needed somebody to take care of me, I guess, you know, um, like I've always been able to to take control of my own life and make it what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're alone like that, it's not even necessarily that anyone is trying to take control from you it's just not even a question it's like this is just the state i'm in i yeah. have control it's this is life it's the like, default so yeah so 
having something that challenges that is challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anytime anybody like tried to like control me to some degree, like it just, it's not going to work. Like you cannot tell Lacey Lou what the fuck she can do. I had something similar in that I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, so I also didn't have a lot of friends and I learned how to entertain myself. And I, I guess the best analogy I can give is to explain something that happened when I was older in my twenties, I moved back to Florida and I was hanging out with a group of people who all lived within like a five square block area of each other, but they had spent their entire lives in that five square block area. And it was very strange. Like they all had dated each other. They all had rented rooms from each other's parents, you know, converted garage type thing. They, they very rarely ever went outside that five square block area, except as a group, maybe to go to, to Ybor city or, you know, the, place where there are bars or something like that. And then, but they were very insular and, and there was a lot of drama, you know, who's dating who, cause everybody had dated each other at some point. And like when it didn't go well, I was just like, well, fuck you guys. I'll just go five minutes down the street and find some different group of people to hang out with. Like I moved around so much that like this kind of shit didn't bother me at all. Cause I understood that I can just walk down the street five minutes and go find somebody else to hang out with it. It like, it's not a thing to me. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So the mist paranormal, paranormal activity and the strangers. I don't think we talked much about the strangers. What was it about the strangers that bothered you or scared you or affected you? That it was more grounded in like reality horror, you know, mm-hmm. um, that it could happen at any time. Like, and the movie's, like, sad in itself because, like, she turned down his proposal, but clearly these two people, like, love each other. So, like, it's a love story within a horror movie as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just having somebody knock on your door. Like, I don't know. Like, do you guys not get, like, when somebody knocks on your door, like, you get a little jumpy? Like, okay. yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right. See, it's mm-hmm. a thing. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And you never know who was behind that door. I mean, that's what they invented peoples for. But at the same time, that still doesn't save you. You know, like, yeah. um, is Tamara home? No, bitch, she's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it's chilling, you know, and, and just like these masks that they have, like, it's creepy. Like, mm-hmm. the baghead is, I think, the creepiest one just because of the simplicity of it. It's just. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm not going to worry about my appearance. I just put something over my head so I can murder you and stab you to death very slowly. Right. It's a little town the dread that sun it down, but I a little bit, yeah. the callback. Yeah. Yeah. Because that movie's creepy too. The town that dreaded sundown. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That fucking, what, what is it that he plays? The trombone. Yeah. Oh my God. Like fucking, I never will look at Marianne from Gilligan's Island the same way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to give him points for originality. I, I don't think anyone else has stabbed someone to death with a trombone. No, while playing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sad trombone noises. Nice. You're going to hate me here, but I have to go back and do this again. So uh, the name of the movie was The Something at Sundown, but I couldn't make out that something word. Uh, the Town That Dreaded Sundown. Ah, the town the drips. Okay. Have you not mm-hmm. seen it? I have not. What are you either? mean? No. What? Uh, so fair, fair, uh, fair warning, or I, I guess disclaimer. I should have maybe given this at the beginning. So Chris is the horror fan of the two of us. I'm more of the psychology buff. Ah. So 
that's why we're a good pair for this because I kind of rely on him for the some of the stuff that I miss and I bring the psychology side of it. Well, that's, cool. um, that's an interesting dynamic for sure. So let's see. By adulthood, you had started, I'm guessing, making friends with people who are also fans of horror. You mentioned Facebook. Um, obviously, you're part of this podcast that there's five of you. So you got some friends now that are outside your family. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I always had friends. Like, don't get me wrong. They just weren't into horror. I mean, that were fans of horror. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, there were, like, moments to where, like, I'd ha- like I ta- told about the, the sleepaway camp, you know? Um, and then, like, I'd have, like, I had a girlfriend named Sarah who we used to go to Blockbuster when we were little and we just rent all the horror movies. But, like, I don't think she was, like, as into it, like, into it as me, you know? But I, I think she enjoyed watching them, but I don't think it was, like, like I always knew I was just like, why do I love this genre so much? And then like scream came out and it just like changed my whole like viewpoint on like everything. Actually, you know what? You're right. We didn't talk about scream very much in this call yet. And you said that was like your favorite movie, wasn't it? It is my favorite movie. Yes. That and Donnie Darko. Ah, which we haven't talked about either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, no, okay. We'll do them chronologically. Scream then Donnie Darko. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I don't like I had never seen a film like Scream and it was so self-referential of all the other films that I had watched leading up to this. I don't think you can just like mm-hmm. start with Scream because it's mm-hmm. such a love letter to, you know, horror films in general. And right. Yeah. Like if you haven't seen things like Nightmare or Freddy, you got to watch those first because you're right. There's there's references. Right. And Psycho and Halloween. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. And <laughs> like, I, I just love it. Like it's. Ah, that opening five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that it's, you know, America's sweetheart, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Um, and then they kill her off. Spoilers for those who haven't seen it. I'm sorry. It's been like, what, over a decade now? 25 years. Um, That's going right. On 26. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I don't know. There was just something. And the, like I said, I liked the psychology of it to where you don't know who it is. And like even though it's like blatantly obvious rewatching it back. But I mean, mm-hmm. at one point you think it could even be the Fonz. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, at the time, I think it was, uh, it was almost like a, an answer to the challenge. Like, Oh, horror movies are boring and predictable. And scream came out and said, hold my beer, watch this. Yes. And it, it was interactive, like without being like interactive, like, you know, it's interactive mm-hmm. within your mind. And I think that's why I love them so much. You know, um, I like to, like I said, I like to see if I can outsmart mm. the, you know, and that one I did not. Uh, I think I got like, I definitely did not see two coming. Like the two killers. Yeah. Mm. And what was the other one that you said was the big one? Donnie Darko. Donnie yeah. Darko. Okay. Um, How old were you when you saw that one? I was a teenager. I was um, 17. Okay. okay. And I just remember watching it and um, like a lot of people like debate whether that's horror or not. Um, I think it has enough horror elements to it. It's got a horror tone to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack, the lighting. It takes place on Halloween. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it is a Halloween movie. (laughs) Um, I mean, just just the rabbit costume alone. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Frank the bunny, um, which Mm -hmm. I actually interviewed him. He's super cool. James Duvall. Oh, no shit. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Did um, did the Doom Generation come up at all? No, we talked a lot about May, um, okay. Donnie Darko, SLC Punk, 
Um, he was promoting uh, his new film at the time. It was Beast Mode. Um, there mm. was what was the other one that we talked? We talked a lot. Well, I talked probably a really long time about Donnie Darko. <laughs> like, I think that was the majority of the interview. To be honest, ding! Oh my God, he was an SLC punk. I just remembered that. He was, we should get the beer, dude. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's funny that you brought up may because like we were talking earlier about how we were trying to talk to lucky mckee and yeah. he was involved with mates so yeah no um very cool dude uh super chill like um and he provided me like a lot of insight if anybody wants to hear that interview it's on skip to the loose so i gotta plug it um it's the first okay. interview that i ever did for that show so it's episode number one for skip to the loo cool gonna have to watch that one too Oh, but he provided so much insight into one of my favorite movies, Donnie Darko. Like I fangirled over that interview. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot of cool, fun behind the scenes facts. But um, it was interesting to like see what his perception of the film was versus like how I perceived it. Because every the thing that I love about that movie is every time I watch it, I pick up on something that I didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. And that's the mark of a great movie for me. So other than the multiple layers new each time stuff mm-hmm. um what else did you like about it in terms of the horror aspect or i do love um you know that he basically saved everybody by going back in time i'm assuming you guys have seen this movie right yeah mm-hmm. it's okay. a superhero movie <laughs> kind of that's one of the theories there are a lot um but yeah, one of them but what i love is after like he goes and does that like everybody's like and they have that scene with, you know, Gary Jules is mad role playing at the end. And mm-hmm. basically everybody's like coming to terms with like who they are just laying in bed. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful scene. Like it's, it's like, like one of the best endings of any movie ever. And it, like, it just hits you um, like different than like the mist, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I keep saying, but, um, but, but, um, I don't know. There's just something about like having like, did they like, I want to know, like, like I try to like go in through like narrate what they're thinking as they're laying there. Mm-hmm. Is that weird to do? <laughs> I don't know. No. no. But obviously like you have Patrick Swayze, who is another America sweetheart. This is a completely different kind of role for him to play. And yeah. you know, it's, it's tragic too. Um, but like, he's like holding his, or um, you know, he's just like laying in bed crying and like does he could he see what was happening or was he like ashamed of himself is he going to change um and then you have the two teachers drew barrymore and i can't think of the guy's name right at the moment but um like and they're like pretty much like laying opposite each other and it's kind of weird um because you didn't actually expect them to be together um and then you have um you know uh james duvall holding his eye you know, with the drawing of the bunny and everything, like, could they see what had happened yeah. previously? Or I don't know. Like, I I love talking about it. It's like one of those mm-hmm. movies that, like, I can just go on for hours about. Like each scene breakdown, and you also have a really weird cameo from Seth Rogen in this. Um, <laughs> I you mentioned one thing I wanted to question. So you said it just hits you. What is the it you're referring to there? I think like just like because I. A lot of the times, like when I'm laying there in bed, I'm thinking like about my day, things that I've done right, things that I've done wrong, you know, Um, Mm. and I don't know. It's that moment to where you're self-reflecting and to see it displayed on the screen as they're doing that. It just I guess it spoke to me. Any idea why? 
Well, I think, you know, everybody questions like a lot of the times, like, could I have done this better? Could I, could I have spent more time with this person? Could I have said something different? Should I have said this? And I don't know. I think self-reflection is really important. And um, I don't think a lot of the times in films, you actually get to see the characters like fully self-reflecting. And um, I don't know. I just related to it. I, you know, laying in bed at night, like you don't get to see it. And I think it was just portrayed honestly and beautifully. I like that you use the word relate because I'm sitting here sort of typing out my thought because I'm struggling to find a word. What I wrote was, Related to her own, and then I put dot, 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 not insecurity, but question mark. I'm trying to find a word there. They're relating to your own something. Mm, uh, yeah, I'm trying to know to it. I mean, it's uh, relating to own obsession with uh, acceptance from others. I don't know. Because, yeah, I do that, too. You know, you just at the end of the day, you're like, God, did I do this good enough? Did I do that good enough? Does, what, what was my grade for today? Was it a C? Was it B plus, maybe? Yeah, well, and I mean, at this point, the only time like I really socialize with people is when I do the podcast because I work from home. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm like, so did they read my text wrong? Did I come across, across as an asshole? Oh, shit. <laughs> Should I have put a smiley face after I said yes, that? Yes, <laughs> always put a smiley face, but not a smirky smiley face or a winky smiley face because that can be misconstrued the wrong way too. Just yes. keep it generic, <laughs> just plain colon uh, close parentheses. That's it. <laughs> yeah no i i understand the things that you're questioning i'm just trying to find the right word to describe the act of doing so hmm. um, and that word seems to be escaping me and i feel like there's a better word for it but i just can't find it um is it honey badger halloween is it, <laughs> yeah right is it pollard halloween <laughs> <laughs> <It's> lingam <laughs> uh halloween is an adult Okay, that's when it got fun again. Um, <laughs> you know, I love Halloween. Um, I love the parties. I love the booze. I love the themed. Uh, like it's like I said, I celebrated two months. Um, but I love all the haunted houses, like baking, you know, cookie haunted houses, making haunted cookies, carving pumpkins, having all like I'm not a pumpkin spice basic bitch. Like I just I'm, like I'll, I'll, you know I'm not. I don't drink that shit. Um, I'll eat pumpkin pie, but like, I I never got like pumpkin spice coffees. Fucking disgusting. I don't get it. Um, So basic. Like so basic. (laughs) No, I I really don't get it. Like, I, like, I love like the look of a pumpkin, but I don't like the taste of pumpkin spice. I don't know. Like I don't drink coffee anyways, but yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, no, the parties are always just what's really fun. I love the haunted houses. Like, but I feel like you should like switch up which haunted houses you go to. Like, and, mm-hmm. like because if you just keep going to the same ones, it's the same fucking thing every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can only be scared by the, the werewolf popping out from the corner animatronically so many times. Well, and if you go to the same building every year, you know, you get to learn the layout of the building unless they do real, you know, set design where they're, Rechanging how the rooms are built. Right. And stuff like yeah. that, well, so. we have one where you crawl the entire time underground in a oh. basement, which is really cool. Weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, the scariest thing in a haunted house for me, though, is being chased by a dude with a chainsaw. Like the movies don't scare me at all, but there's just something about that fucking noise. Mm-hmm. And, and they're coming after you. Yes, I'm like, get out. Like, I'm like, go away, please don't touch me, please don't touch me. But the scared, like, 
I don't know if my sister will tell the story when you have her on, but um, we went to a haunted house and this was as an adult, mind you. <laughs> and um, I don't even like this movie. I think it's terrible, but there was something about, um, all right. So Nightmare on Elm Street remake, mm. the dude's wearing that Freddy costume not okay. not OG Robert England. He's wearing the fucking <laughs> he's wearing uh, Jackie Early Haley. Yes, which is not yeah. scary to me at all. But apparently, it was this night, and um, I don't know. Uh, all of a sudden, he just like I, I was walking, and he just takes his claw and puts it right in front of my face, like so. He's like behind this counter, but it literally like made me freeze. I could not move. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, like I'm, like, leaning back into my sister. And I don't know, like, maybe, like, I thought the knives were real. Like, if I leaned forward, am I going to, like, fall and die and plummet to my death in this haunted house with these knives for fingers? But, mm-hmm. like, I don't think it was necessarily, like, it was the, I think it was the hand that was the scary part. But, like, so, I don't know what happened, but, like, I ended up, like, unfreezing and, like, having to go under him because he wouldn't move his fucking arm. And <laughs> so, as I'm walking away, he goes, sweet dreams and like obviously i was like why would you do that to me i have fucked up dreams dude because <laughs> it's freddy duh like, like, obviously Thanks. obviously Thanks. I have a, have sweet dreams. like obviously i have a pit correlation with freddy freaking me out i guess in my dreams so yeah uh, i don't know it, it didn't it didn't trigger me that night but um but, well, that, but that was scary so but i mean that's that's what the point of Halloween is. And I think, you know, like, I feel like when you're scared or like you have fear of anything, like that's when you feel the most alive. Yeah. At least for me. So, uh, last couple questions here that we like to ask wrapping up the call are over your entire life, not just any particular area. And they're not just about horror. Um, could be any genre. I'm going to ask the first two questions because they could be the same movie uh, or same response to both questions mm-hmm. or different questions uh, or different response. But what is your favorite movie and what movie would you say you've watched more times than any other? That's the same. Um, okay. That's Scream. Scream. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, kind of figured that's where this was going to go. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like the second one that I've seen the most though, because I want to give you something. Um, I don't know. It was, um, the cable guy's up there for sure. <laughs> That's a good one. The comedy of the cable guy. Yeah. Well, it's kind. Of, well, it's a comedy, but I think it's also like a, a dark thriller, a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a uh, single white female kind of, you know, uh, crazy obsession thriller kind of thing. I think it was way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, definitely. But this one's special because. Um, back in the day, we used to take um, family road trips to uh, Minnesota. And to go to the Mall of America. And um, we got there like on a Friday night. And we, I remember watching Joe Bob. And mm-hmm. um, the people under the stairs were on and watched that. And then my stepdad was like, well, I want to watch a comedy now. You know? People under the stairs is a comedy. What are you talking about? And um, I mean, it is, but it's not at the same time. Well, I mean, yeah. that, it, like, he's not into this kind of, like, he laughs at me all the time about it. But, um, <laughs> This was when you could rent movies that were like still in theaters, but like you just had to pay a little bit more. But like only mm-hmm. only this could happen at like hotels, like it was pay per view, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. so he rented the Cable Guy, and I don't know, it was just I loved it. I remember just like I, I just remember being like enamored with it. Like 
I felt like I understood it better than anybody my age did. And I knew because I was one of those kids who sat in front of the TV and watched it. And Mm -hmm. because of this guy who is watching all of, all of TV all the time, like he doesn't have a real friend and that's why it's so hard for him to connect with people in real life. So when he is trying to connect, um, he understands that, you know, instead of just watching movies and TV all the time that, you know, he doesn't want anybody else to turn out to be like him ultimately. And that's why somebody's got to kill the babysitter and he's trying to do the right thing at the end, but nobody actually realizes that in that moment, I guess. I don't know. Like, like I said, it's way ahead of its time. And like, he's trying to kill the satellite, you know, to make it so people aren't so addicted to TV. And you have Mm -hmm. this moment to where, um, throughout the whole movie, like there's this, people are so focused in on, on, um, this trial that is happening with the Menendez brothers or whatever that's played by Ben Stiller. And, um, Ben Stiller actually directed this. And I believe, I believe so. Um, yeah. And so, um, he, um, so the whole world is like paying attention, like trying to find out what the the verdict is going to be for this trial, right? And as Jim Carrey falls on the satellite, like everybody's like so like enamored with these things that are going on just because it's on TV, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, at, then like as it's getting ready to read the verdict, which doesn't really make sense because verdicts usually aren't read at night. Now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it, but at this time that was when it was happening, <laughs> and so suspension of disbelief, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so he ends up killing the satellite. And so nobody knows what the verdict is across the world because the feeds have been cut and, um, the dude ends up picking up a book and then you see like all the bar patrons just like start talking to each other as opposed to watching the TV. And I don't know. I think it's, there's something really special about that movie. Hmm. Something about the social versus antisocial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like an underlying message. For sure. Which, like you said, you could relate to because you had been a bit of a loner in some regard. 100%. Nobody understood me. Like, So I think I related to Jim Carrey's character, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So common threads about what kinds of horror that you like? Cannibalism, occult, metaphysical? Uh, slasher, psychological. Okay. So scream. <laughs> um, well, it's not just... I love, like... I, all right. Um, I... As much as they fuck with me, I love a good ghost story. Um, like, um, Incident in a Ghostland's a great movie. Um, oh, yeah, it is. That movie's fucked. Um, <laughs> I liked The Last Exorcism. Um, no, I was just talking shit with this stream, the Scream reference. No, Psychological but, slasher yeah. sounds accurate. Yeah, I mean, you don't get up. They're far and few between, and that's why I enjoy them. Um, mm-hmm. Like, April Fool's Day is fucking phenomenal. Um, I still need to watch that. What? I know. I'm terrible. Do, you know, do you know how it ends? No. Go watch it today. It's April. All right. Okay. Still <laughs> do, counts. Do that instead of listening to my podcast. Like <laughs> I'll do both. Okay. Must be must be very important then. Uh, HD yeah. power activate. Well, I don't want it to get sure. spoiled now if you don't know how it ends. Like it's a Oh, do you mention it in your podcast? Not in not in that first episode. Um okay. we do mention it in another episode though. Okay. Uh, so slasher, psychological, and ghost story. We kind of already asked this question, but I'll ask again just to see if how, how it phrased changes anything. But do you have any idea why it is that you like those things? I just feel drawn to it. Um, I like things that I feel like I can, it's like, 
I was going to say achieve. That's the wrong word altogether. <laughs> like, I don't want to achieve to die by a ghost. Um, I think that I like grounded horror to where I feel like even though ghosts, like a lot of people don't believe in that, I still think it could happen. So uh, the things that draw me into those is if I feel like it can happen, that's what is going to, I'm going to gravitate towards watching. Mm-hmm. So the things that I was seeing in is, um, sort of themes of our call is the introspection, which I think kind of ties back to what we were talking about, you being a bit of a loner and and just having time to be alone and think. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than the psych, the slasher and the psychological, I was keying more in on the ghost stories. We talked about, you know, being afraid of the unseen and, and losing control again, going back to the, the loner stuff. Um, would you say that's a stronger component for you than the slasher or do you think it's more slasher? Like for enjoyment or for fear? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say enjoyment for slasher fear for ghosts. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we've asked this question, but what is, what do you enjoy? What's the fun of the slasher? Oh, like so many unlikable characters, and you're just gonna see him fucking bite it. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, Schadenfreude, a little bit, a little bit of Schadenfreude there. You know, like I, I don't know, like there's so many, but then like you also like it's the emotional aspect of it too that like sometimes you care about these characters, and then when they do die, you're like, no, like, and then like the, there's always that one person in a movie that you just like can't wait for them to fucking die. Right. So <laughs> like, like take for the Friday the 13th reboot. Um, you know, one of the most unlikable characters, Trent, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I love he, how he just screamed like a little girl when he fucking uh, right? just before he died too. Yes. And like, it's so like, I don't know. There's something about like fulfillment there. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when bad characters die and you enjoy that, that kind of goes back to control. Right. You're enjoying the, it, that. Um, when good characters die, the emotional response, the phrase emotional response reminds me of something we talked about earlier. I'm scrolling up here just to see if I can find what that was. Unless you remember off the top of your head. Uh... Pollard. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get one more. <laughs> <laughs> there is something that we talked about that it, related to an emotional response from oh it was donnie darko that's what i was thinking about the emotional like at the end you were talking about how it was going through all the to see the characters responses oh, yeah the self-reflection um, yeah the well the emotional response of the characters to what had happened yes um the emotional damage there you go <laughs> it almost feels like it would be another tangent to go off into to talk about what you get out of the emotional connection to the characters um endorphins and serotonin i mean that's well she kind of talked about it earlier in the call which was to say that and, and i think what i had said at the time was that you know if you don't emotionally invest in any of the characters then it's not it's just there's no emotional response to you to the movie um, Look, if you don't emotionally invest in characters in movies, you're a fucking sociopath. Like, what are you even doing? Well, yeah. Well, I think that probably goes to you know. I didn't really put the correlation together, but that's probably why the cable guy is so up there for me as well. Is because he's so invested in like the TV mm-hmm. and the characters, and you know, like 
And you can identify with that? 100%. Like, you see yourself in these characters, like, what would you do differently? How would you put yourself in these situations? Like, and I feel like when I was growing up, nobody was as invested into, like, what I was watching doing. Like, I, like, I mean, I loved, like, Dawson's Creek and Buffy and all of that. Like, I used to, like, stick vampires with big vampires with pencils, you know, like, um, <laughs> like jumping around and like pretending that they existed. Um, but yeah, I just feel like I've always like my reality is TV and movies, you know, like that's, that's just who part of who I am. And, you know, when I did get married that I briefly mentioned earlier, like my whole wedding was like the soundtrack of all my favorite movie songs and TV nice. shows. You know, so like it's a very much who a part of who I am. And I don't think that's something that I think it I think it's a, a power to me. Uh, and I don't know. So now that we've kind of narrowed in on some of the things that you enjoy, the last question is sort of why horror? Because couldn't you um, find some of this stuff like you just said, you know, what would you do differently? But can't you find that question in in movies that are not horror related like particularly drama often puts characters into positions where they then have to struggle with the position they're in you know what i mean well steve <laughs> not in a drama can you see the most hated person's throat get slashed nah, nah. <laughs> that kind of answers what i was thinking uh, <laughs> of what i i didn't want to you know i i like to let the guest speak for themselves right <laughs> But, you know, when I ask what would you do differently, you know, different to what? And it's the what that's different in in horror movies. It's the situation is not the situation in a horror movie is not the same as the situation in, say, a drama. Well, um, I feel like that's not necessarily true. I feel like um, in horror movies, you get the best of every genre. Um, it can be a horror movie can be all of those things, any other kind of genre. Okay. It can be action. Yeah. It could be romance. It can be comedy. It can be dramatic. I mean, I, I think you get that in no other genre can do. And plus you get all the bloody deaths. So right. um, it's all that plus. Some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you get that all. And I, I just feel like the horror genre has the very, and it, like, I wish it yeah. got more recognized. It has the very best of like, no, you That's know, that's a good answer to that question because you're you're absolutely right. Like horror can still be horror and and include aspects from all other films, but you can't really go the other way around. Like it can't be a romance if you have someone's throat being slashed open. Now it's a horror. It can't be uh, a buddy comedy if somebody gets I don't know impaled through the anus to the mouth on a spike. But now it's cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. Considering the theme of the interview, is there anything that we haven't asked about that you think is relevant to talk about? Oh, um, maybe something that came up to your mind in during the course of the conversation that didn't come up. No, um, I would just say that this has been therapeutic. <laughs> um, That's the idea. Yeah, no, this was cool. Um, you know, I'm thankful for Rebecca for mentioning um, to do this and you guys for having me on. Our pleasure. You know, it, it was actually fun reminiscing about some of these things I haven't thought about, like that stupid Freddy Krueger dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot of shit to think about, to be honest. Um, hopefully I was entertaining. <laughs> Definitely. Very. So, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything, trying to think if there's one more dream that I might have for you guys. <laughs> um, I don't think so, though. I think I probably went there already. 
dreamed out. Dreamed out. <laughs> hopefully, I, hopefully this does not trigger my dreams. I mean, now I have a feeling I'm going to be attacked by a polar. Just going to say, I hope it does. <laughs> I will let you know if Freddy Krueger attacks me as a polar. Well, before we end the call, um, do you want to pitch anything on the way out? Uh, yeah, um, all under the Cut to the Chase feed. Um, we have the regular Cut to the Chase podcast. We have the Summer Party Massacre podcast. We're coming out with, um, oh God, um, episode 16. We just recorded. Um, we're in our Girl Talk segment. We talk about random drunken nights. And the Pillow Fight segment, we debate what is the best underrated found footage film. And then okay. in our feature presentation, we what was the movie we just covered? I don't even remember it now. Shit. <laughs> no, I, I like no. I do too many podcasts. I swear. Um, I'm trying to remember what the feature presentation was. I don't remember it right now, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> and then um, I just did um, over the weekend. I did a 24 hour movie marathon, and um, I'm still in the middle of my marathon. I decided to extend it. Um, but we are going to be podcasting on all the movies watched throughout this weekend. So there's some definite fun ones in there, like The Rage Carry 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it, it was just a random pick, like Risky Business is in there. So, okay. Um, okay. Like all random, a lot of horror. But yeah, like right now, the one that I am paused on is The Little Girl Down the Lane because I've never seen it. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. Okay. Well, we'll put together a bio for you and we can link to whatever you want on there. So uh, we'll get together with you offline. You can send me links yeah. to the uh, the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Right on. Well, I appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Our pleasure. Yeah. So thank you to, to you and to anybody out there listening. Please do come visit us at horrormakesushappy.com. Uh, we've got a list there of people we'd like to interview. And if you can help us connect with any of them, please do so. If you'd like to have us add anybody to the list, let us know. Um, there's links there to merch, Patreon, and all that good stuff. You can buy us coffee. Um, just let us know how we're doing. Spread the word. Thanks. <laughs>